0: Hey there, welcome to the Learned Opportunity Podcast where you can gain more opportunities in your personal and professional life. I'm Daniel Eccles. We have Darren Slack in this first episode of Season 2, excited about Season 2. We have a lot of really great guests and today's is no exception at all. So, Darren Slack, he... Is somebody who talks about standing in the gap, standing in the gap. So how do we create opportunity for other people? Or how do we get opportunity for ourselves? A lot of times that's going to require community. It's going to require having people around us that have our back. People that might have options or resources that us we ourselves do not have at any given moment and those people will stand in the gap for where our skills our resources our opportunities aren't matching the values and the opportunities that we're looking for and they will stand in the gap and be a bridge and that is something so important we need to have a bridge in order to reach some opportunities and darren is somebody who has himself benefited from bridges and is also a bridge builder at this moment with his organization proact and some of the other projects that he's doing i'm really excited for you to hear a little bit about him and about some of the the things that he is thinking about learning and opportunities that he has for you the listener to continue to develop and grow in your personal and professional life so Darren Slack. Let's head on over to that interview with Darren. Hi there. Welcome to Learned Opportunity Podcast. My name is Daniel and it's just me today, no Gwendolyn, but we also have Darren Slack. He's here. And I I just want to start out, Darren, I'm trying something different this season. So a lot of times we we talk about people's things like, oh, you're the founder and CEO of this or that and everything. But I'm wanting to share with listeners a little bit of of why these people are important or have made a little bit of an impact. Darren and I work in the same office complex, uh, shared workspace, that sort of a thing. And he was kind enough to uh, just chat with me one day and and have somewhat of a a networking meeting and everything. And I just want to say, instead of saying what Darren does, I just want to say that Darren is a very genuine person. Somebody that comes across as just who he actually is truthful kind and I just thoroughly enjoyed getting to talk to him. And I I get the sense that all the people that work for Darren also really enjoy working with him. So I'm really excited to have you on the Learn Opportunity Podcast, Darren. Thanks for sorry if I'm making you blush or anything here though too. (laughs) Yeah. Well if a black man could bless, I'm blessing right now. Yeah, thanks well, for the kind words. It, it's true. You are just a really genuine person and yeah. very kind. But besides you. that, yeah, introduce yourself to, to listeners. To, what do you want people to know? I am Darren Slack. I am a father. I am a, a child of God.
1: I am a leader, and I am a brother and a son. There you go. <laughs> All that sums it up. The important things. That's no, good. seriously, I am the founder and CEO of Indy and also... Lead a consulting firm called No More LLC, and our work stems around getting people to understand people a lot better. Hmm. Uh, and Proact is an organization that serves youth by connecting them to businesses and nonprofits who care about them and want to create this supportive ecosystem for youth to thrive. And the No More centers around training and helping businesses be better about how they engage their people in
0: the community. Hmm. So
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I love the. The mission behind Proact and all the other things that you've been doing. Opportunity is is the name of the podcast, right? Learned Opportunity. And and what uh, we talked a little bit about before you came on, you were saying, what are you defining (laughs) opportunity as? Like, what are we actually talking about here? Uh, And. I just went over a little bit, like I'm I'm saying opportunity is options plus values. So with that sort of definition, where are you seeing opportunity in just the areas you're working with Proact or any of the other organizations that you're working with?
1: I think the opportunity that I see in my work, just being out in the community and the interfacing with so many different diverse groups of people is that there's opportunity in the People, right? I think we discount vulnerable people and the people that many of us are called to serve. We see a lot of these people in communities that may be blighted, not having much Mm -hmm. value, but we discount and we overlook the people in those communities, in those blighted communities and neighborhoods and poor schools or not as well-funded schools. We look at those youth from those vulnerable populations and those adults as objects, Oftentimes, I think that's what the system says. It's yeah. You're objects and we can do whatever we want with, mm. with you because we can make money off of you or something, right? Yeah. And I think we discount the opportunity there and the people and realizing that they mm. are assets, that they are valuable. Mm. And I think the people in those communities need to understand that they are valuable as well because they're constantly told that they're not. And so if you told something um, long enough, you start to believe it. Yeah. Yeah, right? for
0: sure. It becomes a mindset. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, w- what we kind of say is that opportunity is not equitable. Sure. So, how do we proceed <laughs>
1: knowing that? I think the, those of us who have need to give to the have nots. Mm-hmm. And that's not just, I'm not saying give money, I'm saying give a piece mm-hmm. of yourself. I mm-hmm. think each of us has something. That other people need, I use the phrase "stand in the gap." Like yeah. we need to stand in the gap for people. I was literally about to say that. I'm like, this sounds like your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listening to it. Yeah. yeah, I always say that we that each of us has something inside of us that we can give a small piece of ourselves mm-hmm. to make others whole, and that takes time and sometimes money. But I think we need to really take time to build relationships. Yeah. And so I think the only way to have a more equitable state or society, right, of people is that we need to learn mm-hmm. each other need to get to know each other, and we need to see each other. And we can't do that if we don't take the time to know each other Mm. and spend Mm. and engage in people's stories and in their lives because then we can start seeing how inequitable we are. And if we have that relationship, the things that people need and the opportunities that they need to have in front of them, I think it becomes natural
0: because we have that
1: relationship built and that social capital.
0: So what it takes is finding time or opportunities for the relationship to form. That's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, yeah. Especially because we have people in their, in their own little bubbles. How do you find opportunities to interact with somebody that is different from you? How do you do yeah. that? You need a convener. <laughs> what's a, Okay, what's a convener? <laughs> you need someone in the middle to
1: help bri- Um, be that bridge. Mm. And I think PROACT serves as a bridge for many organizations and communities and people. And people who usually have the haves are usually folks that don't look like me, look like you. Mm. And the kids and populations we serve look more like me. Mm. But someone needs to stand there. You can't just show up and start doing. right? And I think we need to build relationships with those who have influence with people that we're trying Mm. to influence. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how do you know if you're con- a convener? I think I boil it down to one word, and that's influence. I just mentioned mm. that, All right. Mm-hmm. Who has influence over you? Mm-hmm. You don't, mm. right? I do. Yeah, I decide who has influence in my life on me, All mm. right. It's the difference between influence and authority. Right? Huh. Authority comes from the outside, but influence comes from within. Huh. And so, when I think of influence, I think. If I know I have an impact on someone, if I look at myself as having an influence on someone because they've told me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then I can then Mm. be more apt to be a convener in the Mm. life of someone that is vulnerable and needs some resource or opportunity.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think a lot of times we feel that opportunity only happens if you have authority Oh. I'll be able to get there someday if I'm in charge or if I'm doing that, but it doesn't matter where you're at in an organizational chart or what community or other things you can always have the influence. Sure. Yep. And yeah. And I think that empowers people who are not in authority to be able to choose who's going to influence them. And that's right. That's awesome. Yeah. I like that.
1: I think that we discount that a lot. Um, yeah. because we don't realize who we're having influence over, mm. right, or who we're having influence on, rather. And we never ask. Mm.
0: And at <laughs> the same time, we, we don't realize who's having influence over us. Exactly, um, yeah. Or what systems or other things are having influence over us, and we don't ask ourselves, are those the systems that we want right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to influence me? Yeah, and the influence, you need the
1: relationship to have yeah. influence. And a relationship can come one on one, or you're talking about, yeah, you know, on a systems level, like who are we having constant relationships and interactions mm-hmm. with that might have influence on us. And so we need to think about that and step back and figure out who those change makers mm-hmm. are that have influence over the people that we're, we're trying to influence mm-hmm. and don't really have that relationship built to make a real change in mm-hmm. a community or a person's life.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of something I've been telling a lot of clients lately is that our brains are social organs, right? So we vibe with one another, we feed off of one another, and we learn, and our brains literally grow based off of the community that you're in. That's right. So if you're wanting to become somebody different, you have to look and see who. Do you want to become, and who are the people that you want to influence you to become that? Because you're going to be like the people that you hang out with. That's exactly right. Or the systems or uh, communities that you involve yourself in. So it's who do you want to be, and who are the people that you can follow or apprentice to in in order to become that? Yeah, so, right. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah. I had a podcast interview today on my podcast. Oh, okay. I was, <laughs> You're a busy podcaster. Yeah, today. I was interviewing a uh, mentor of mine, and I had to seek him out because mm. I had to step back and say, okay, so who do I want in the community is at a place that I want to be at 10 years from now. This was like eight years ago. And this gentleman is a president and CEO of Files and Family Center, and he's running a $3 million organization, mm. and he's an African-American male, and, and I was like, That's the guy that I want to mentor me, so I had to seek him out. Yeah, right. And then, and his gleaning from him and learning from him just has made all the difference in my life as a leader. But and so that speaks to exactly what you're saying is that we need to surround ourselves with the people that we may want to emulate or want to have influence over us or on us. I keep saying over. Yeah, over is not the right word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's That's a good catch. That's a good catch. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you seek him out? I just emailed him one day, <laughs> like, literally, I, I just, like, seriously, I just, mm. I just sent him an email, and I think we got connected from a mutual friend of ours, okay. and so we got connected because I was talking to people, like, hey, I need a, I'm looking for a mentor, and do you know this guy? And uh, he said yes, and so I think he made an e-answer in that email, cool. and, and Dr. Wallace is his name, and uh, he said, I'll mentor you, or I'll think about mentoring you so bring me everything you have on your organization and I'll see if you're serious or not. So he Mm. had to vet me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And so I I, I handed him this 30-page business plan and he read every single word and redlined it. And he had me and my wife over for dinner that next week. (laughs) And boom, he's been a mentor for eight years. Wow. (laughs)
0: So like a lot of people, I think, would enjoy having a mentor, but I I think that we a wait back and just be like, all right, I'm just going to wait here. And somebody's going to seek me out and everything. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That
1: was my mentality at first. But then it was like, no, if someone's going to find me, I have to be found or make myself known. (laughs) Now folks are seeking me out to be a mentor. Mm. And I tell folks now, take someone that you want to be your mentor out for lunch, like three times Mm. and just ask them questions and just learn from them. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, they will realize that they're your
0: mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Tricked them, right? Yeah, <laughs> <We> got them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that works
1: sometimes. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it's not on them to have to hold you accountable if you're the one seeking them out. That's right. And they have the thing to offer. So they, sure. they don't need to remind you or other stuff. So you have to probably make sure that you're the one that's doing the work ahead of time and that's right. And doing all that. Yeah. I think that's why Dr. Wallace took the time
1: because he's a busy yeah. guy. Yeah. Took the time to, to mentor me all these years because he knew that I was serious. He shares a story. Like when other guys reached out to him, like he wouldn't see them after the first meeting. All right. Mm. And and I think if we're trying to get somewhere, we no one's going to invest in us unless we invest in ourselves. I think we all have to understand that. That's an opportunity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah.
1: And if we discount that opportunity and throw it away and minimize it and not hold it as much value, having a mentor and someone to hold you accountable, that is an
0: opportunity that a lot of people don't have. No one gets anywhere. No. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, you are being formed, mentored, influenced whether you choose it or not, whether you choose that person or not, if you just step, you know, sitting back and and letting life go, you'll you'll become something. Sure. <laughs> it just might sure. not end up being the person that you want to be, or just look very differently. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. How are you? That, besides maybe that too, but how are you seeing opportunity right now in your own personal or professional life? I think
1: when I am intentional with being in the moment is when I f- see the opportunity before me. And with my kids, like sometimes mm-hmm. I'm on my phone, right? I'm not so much anymore because I'm starting to see like what that does to them and how it affects them. Yeah. I'm on my phone, I'm looking for this next email, I'm taking the call that may come after work hours or something, mm-hmm. taking me away from that moment. And I think when I took the time to be intentional with them, that's where the opportunity goes. Mm. in my personal life is sitting in the moment and being with the people I am with, especially my loved ones.
0: But then are you missing opportunity? Because you don't take that call, Darren. <laughs> it could
1: have been something <laughs> real big, right? I'm at a point in my career now to where I know that opportunity, <laughs> if it's the right opportunity, it will always yeah. be there. Yeah. All right? It will always be there. Yeah. And there is a great book. I forget who wrote it, but it's Be So Good That They Can't Ignore You. I think it's Cal Newport. I think Cal Newport wrote, but be so good that they can't ignore you. Yep. Professionally, I had to really seek out those opportunities early on. But I Mm. think once you got so good, once we got so good at our craft, those opportunities will be there. Yeah. All right. And, but to that point, sometimes we
0: have those opportunities and then we don't show up. <laughs> yeah, even though it's there, if we don't show up either, maybe we're all going to mess up too. Sometimes, but if you don't show up just because it's not of interest to you, then that was just an option. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like those phone calls that you're you're getting, those are just options now. Sure, those are no right. longer opportunities. Right. Your exactly. opportunities with your kids. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where my value
1: is and my priority is, mm-hmm. is with my family. And I've learned that if I prioritize that in the right order, God, family, and then everything else. Then everything just falls in place. Yeah.
0: (laughs) What kind of, being a father, what kind of opportunities do you want for your kids? I want them to become who they are meant to be.
1: And I know that sounds like hoity-toity and cliche, (laughs) but I think I see so many parents trying to mold their kids into who they want them to be. I used to want my son to be like how I wanted him to be. Oh, yeah, I want you to do football and all these things like I did. But he's not that kid. Mm. Yeah, he's a kid that likes video games that likes to draw and likes to be artsy and he likes and he's a homebody. Like, why am I constantly trying to push him out when he just wants to be in? And mm. That should be OK. right? And so I need to cultivate that and be so in tune with who he is mm. that I am being strategic in how I put opportunities before him based on what he wants to do. If it's hey, if you get straight A's, I'm going to take you to Gen Con. <laughs> right because he that's yeah. something that he will be passionate about. Yeah, that's great. Right. <laughs> not hey if you get uh straight A's, I'm going to take you to a Colts game. Yeah. Which, which, yeah, which is something I want to do. And you and, you can get straight A's and and go to a
0: Colts <laughs> game yourself. There you go. Huh. So
1: I just want to make sure that they have a voice that's going to that they hear when I am not around so that they can not only make the right decisions but they
0: can be authentic mm. to who they are. Yeah. It, that happens not just for like our kids. We can probably for people that we work with, or that's our right. spouse, or just about anybody. We have expectations and we want them to to fit within what we hope and what, right. what we dream. Yeah, um, that's right. But yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. It's a good reminder for me to to make sure that I'm looking at uh, and reminding myself that well, it's an opportunity for Daniel. It's not sure. an opportunity for Gwendolyn. <laughs> yes, yeah, I
1: think we, yeah, we use this concept at Pro Act call the outward mindset, mm. and so that's woven in everything we do, and it's the difference between seeing people as people. If you're having outward mindset versus being inward, and having an inward mindset is where you see people as objects. Yeah, and when you see people as objects, you you treat them as they are something that you ignore that mm-hmm. they're in an irrelevancy that you avoid or something that you can just just discard something from. Exactly. It's all about, Hey, I'm focused on my results and my results only when, if you have an outward mindset, you're focused on our results. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we see people as people, then we come alive to their hopes, their needs and their desires. Mm -hmm. And that allows us to treat them differently and approach them differently, talk to them differently and uh, really work with them differently. Mm -hmm. If you're talking in a work setting, and it's all about this collective impact, right? If I can partner with my son to help him become who he wants to be, all right? And then he's going to be a much better man mm. than I could ever hope for. That's yeah. all I want. You're know, awesome. my daughter.
0: How do you develop that sort of skill, the empathy? What, what tools or how would you suggest to a listener? Oh, here's how you build empathy. Here's how you build empathy. I think we have to put ourselves in
1: situations that make us uncomfortable. <laughs> That's how you build empathy. Yeah. Right? I think mm-hmm. we get so comfortable in where we are. And you mentioned like we're in our bubbles. Right? Yeah. So true. We are in our bubbles and we self-isolate because it's, we, I think internally it's self-preservation. All Right. Oh, I feel comfortable. I'm just going to yeah. just be meandering through life mm-hmm. in a way that I want to be. Right, but I think if we step outside of that that straight path that we want to be on and make ourselves uncomfortable, then we can really not only see things a lot differently and start seeing other people as we see ourselves mm-hmm. but but become alive to that others aren't as different as we might mm-hmm. s- think that they are right yeah, you are't as much different than me as mm-hmm. other people from the outside might see, mm-hmm. I mean we have the same values. I hope. I think so. <laughs> same hopes, same yeah. dreams, same desires, because we want to be better for ourselves yeah. and for our families. And if we can focus on those brass tacks, then we can really get shit done. me. Yeah. No, you're, that, you're that okay. That's right. fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so to build empathy, I think stepping outside our comfort zone and being comfortable with the uncomfortable really help us come alive to the humanity that we all possess, all right? And and the mechanism that I always suggest is to be intentional with serving other people. Mm. Don't serve people because you feel good. Come alive and sit down and build relationships through service. I think it's Mahatma Gandhi that said that the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others, mm. right? And, and I say empathy is one thing, but when we serve and really engage with people, that empathy turns to compassion. What's the difference? Like empathy is more the feeling, right? Oh, okay. I feel for you, Daniel. Mm. Yeah, I empathize with you. I think compassion is coming alongside you and holding your hand mm. and walking.
0: with. Right? Yeah, being in the same feelings, not just understanding perhaps. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's more about the taking that feeling and acting upon it. Yeah. I don't have All to right. be uncomfortable if I'm just sympathetic. <laughs> right, yeah.
1: Oh, I empathize with those people on the TV screen. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay, that's great. But now if you have compassion, you're going to go. Yeah. You're not going to be on your couch looking Mm -hmm. and empathizing. You're going to be right there alongside
0: those people and helping them up. Yeah, giving your gifts, your abilities, your assets to to those that that don't have the same. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's good. (laughs) Oh, man. So just other things like what else? What are you learning right now? Right now,
1: I am learning to be in the moment. I always, I'm such an ambitious guy that I'm always on the go, and I'm learning to pace myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning to take in the heart the fable of the tortoise and the hare. Like, who won the race? Yeah. <laughs> it was a tortoise. Why? Because the tortoise paced himself. All right, he wasn't so fast at, at seeking out or chasing the next opportunity where you can run the risk of burnout. And so I'm just learning to pace myself and having the mantra that that can wait. That issue can wait. That email can wait. That phone call can wait. I need to be right here in the moment and be present with Daniel.
0: Otherwise, a lot of times, like we we are just reacting. That's right. Instead of just living. Yeah. That's right. And being in the moment, we don't have to react to everything. Mm hmm just the, the slight inconveniences of the day. Uh, we, we don't have to react to that and then let that go to the next thing, next thing yep. sort of thing. So the snowballs. The snowball. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, You end up missing out on those opportunities that could truly benefit us. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the opportunity is your next career move or anything. It's the next opportunity to help and serve. That's my philosophy and my viewpoint. Mm-hmm. So if we can be in situations and put ourselves in situations where we can have most help to others and have a positive impact on others' lives, then we will have a very fulfilled life. Yeah, you win the
0: race. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> More than just reacting to the stuff or seeking comfort necessarily uh, yeah. in the same ways. Didn- didn't the hair like, take a nap or something? <laughs> yeah, you yeah, like Simon Sinek's philosophy on the infinite game. Mm. I don't know if
1: you ever read that book. No, I haven't read that. I've that. heard all of his stuff on like why. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah and so you wrote another book. <laughs> okay. Called the infinite game. And he talks about like the difference between those who have success, like wildly successful people, mm. is that they don't have any competitors.
0: Yeah. And they, and they do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah.
1: right? Because we're all in this field of business, or if you're a nonprofit, you're going after the same grants. But the people that are successful don't look at themselves as having a competitor. Mm. The only competitor is one. It's yourself. It's the difference between Apple and Microsoft. Like why is Apple so successful? Yeah. Cause they don't give a crap about what anyone else is doing. They're doing <laughs> their own thing, yeah. right? And their, their phone, and I'm team Android, but, uh. Uh, <laughs> but their phone might be like five generations behind the curve of Samsung, mm. but they don't give a crap. <laughs> and, and they sell more phones than anyone they else, do. right? yeah. <laughs> Oh, they're focused on something different. Exactly. Yeah, Microsoft and Samsung, they're all focused on, okay, what is Apple doing? Oh, my God. (laughs) Apple's playing the infinite game.
0: Mm. (laughs) Mm.
1: Right? And and their only competitor is that they want to be better than what they were yesterday. Mm. Not better than anyone else over here. They're not
0: looking at. What Microsoft is becoming? Who, who are we co- becoming? Exactly.
1: Yeah. Like, how can we get better than what we were yesterday? And so, mm. I think that mindset is important when you're building something, whether it's a family or or a business, or if if you're building yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once I got the mindset of not focusing on, oh man, why is that organization getting that grant and we didn't? Mm. Right. Once I stopped focusing on that, that's when we started to really. Grow and get, and succeed, and then mm-hmm. embedding that mantra within my team has been, has made all the difference. So. so,
0: are you a naturally? Are you competitive? I'm very competitive. <laughs> so, how do you? Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, so how does that how does that work <laughs> with, with the infinite
1: game? I just, I'm like okay. I wake up every day and want to be better than what mm-hmm. I was yesterday.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? It's like that mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do right? you do that in a way? that is not too hard on yourself or buying into shame or yeah. failure.
1: Or I like struggled with that a lot in the past, right? And I think I had to understand the difference between shame and guilt. Shame is a is a killer, just like pride is, mm-hmm. right? And I think being honest with ourselves, <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the way that I grew out of that, because there was a time in my career where I failed horribly and my organization almost failed. And yeah, it shut its doors because I let pride and ego mm. take priority over my passion and purpose. And uh, I was dishonest with people in my life, my wife, I was honest I was dishonest with her, I was dishonest with my board because I was so shameful that I thought I didn't want anyone to look at me and say, Oh man, this dude doesn't have his shit together. And uh, I think mm. the way I overcame that was to be humble. Mm. <laughs> And I had to learn to be humble, which means that I had to realize that my life is not my own. I'm doing this for a greater purpose and a greater cause. Mm. And it affects a lot of people. Every decision I make affects at least 10 people, every single decision. And I had to realize that. And so I think being okay, not being, like being okay with not being okay, like saying, (laughs) hey, I'm not perfect. And so living my life with radical vulnerability and radical Mm. transparency, open the hearts of others to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. so you asked me, like, how do I fight that shame? And (laughs) yeah, I think it was just realizing that when I was shameful and when I was prideful, I was lying to myself Mm. and I was deceiving Mm. myself. And once I stopped deceiving myself and then Mm. it wasn't being hard on myself, it was like, oh, I'm not being hard on myself. I'm holding myself accountable. It's the difference between self-accountability and shame. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And then. When you have that self accountability, if you do mess up, there's the other side of shame is guilt. And so that's when I was like, okay, I feel a little guilty for that mistake. But,
0: but that's on the mistake. That's not who you are.
1: Exactly. Like, that's not me. That's right. something I did. Now, mm-hmm. what things should I put in place and not make that same mistake again? Mm-hmm. And so I think just holding myself accountable, which started with being honest with myself and not deceiving what I know is right.
0: Mm-hmm yeah which is it's funny at the beginning of the podcast i'm just like this is a really genuine guy here (laughs) so it's (laughs) um definitely something that you have been working on and that i never would have gotten the sense of that that pride or deception or anything like that yeah i appreciate just seeing and hearing too just your vulnerability about those things yeah thanks. so i appreciate that No problem. Before we wrap this up, what opportunities, resources, tools, anything do you have to share with listeners for uh, opportunities where they can find opportunity? I think we can find opportunity through service. There's a quote I like by Rumi (laughs)
1: that says, where there is ruin, there is hope, mm-hmm. hope for a treasure. Where there is ruin, there is hope for a treasure. I love that quote because it's like, hey, we can find opportunity in the darkest, blightest of things. All mm. right. And I look at COVID as an example. Yeah. There's so many people that thrive and so many people that didn't. And I think it's all mm. of how you looked at crisis and the ruin that we saw within our Mm. world and our communities and we can find opportunity in that ruin so look for those treasures in the muck of our society in the muck of our world and then look for the people that are going to rally with you to really make change in our communities happen right and so one book I always recommend that changed my life is a book by the Arbinger Institute called Leadership mm-hmm. and Self-Deception. And it's a book that really helped me find opportunity right where I was. Okay. so it really helped me develop that mindset that was more outward and helped me realize how inward I was and the implications of that. Implications of how
0: that affected people in negative. I'll link that for sure into the podcast notes. Please. Yeah, yeah. that's good. And yeah. I'll have to check it out myself. I'll be good. <laughs> sure. You let me know how you like it. Yeah. Uh, I like to read. Any questions that you wish I would have asked you? How are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm oh, a the therapist, am I? How are you, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am fine, Daniel. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll work um, on that. No, it's okay. Yeah, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but no... I think this is a good conversation, man. I appreciate you for having this podcast and talking about learned opportunity because I think we do have to learn where mm-hmm. to seek out and find those opportunities. I'm happy and glad that you saw me as a resource to inform your listeners. Thank oh, you. Oh, for
0: sure. For sure. How And how would listeners uh, connect with you, ProAct, anything? Yeah. Yeah, to
1: connect with ProAct, uh, proactindy.org And then and then we also have a podcast called Stood in the Gap Podcast on all major streaming platforms. So check us out.
0: It is much more professional than this one. So check it out, everybody. <laughs> uh, give no. it a listen. So <laughs> no, you, you got a great editor and everything. So uh, it's good. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on. And join us next time, listeners. We're going to try to find more opportunity for more people. And this has been a lot of fun, and we'll catch you later. Bye.